Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Well, here we are again, the Community of Principles podcast. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin, and welcome back, everybody. A couple of things real quick uh, before we jump into our fantastic guests this week. Uh, we are approaching the end of the school year, and with the end of the school year, if you're in the state of Michigan or maybe anywhere in the country, you've probably heard all this money is out there for summer school. I got to tell you, here's my little quick side note. I am not not against summer school in any way, shape, or form. I think it's actually a great idea, but this is also an interesting year for summer school because some of our staffs are on tilt. So if you're a leader out there and summer school's on your on your plate, on your agenda, here's my one quick piece of advice. Get the vibe of your staff because they might be thinking, man, I really need a break. But yet your kids might need it. So those two things might be conflicting each other. I just say, get the vibe of your staff to see where they're going. And with that being said, we are going to transition right into two amazing guests. I have with us Sharon Hampton Madian, and I've also got the birthday girl, Vicki Wilson. So welcome, ladies. Great to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. Sharon, tell us a little bit about you. Where are you from? What are you doing? Well, I'm, I live in Downriver, the Downriver area. And right now I am an elementary school principal in Battle Creek at Verona Elementary School. Downriver, yet you're in Battle Creek. Yeah. So, okay, Sharon, how far of a commute is that? Uh, it's an hour and 40 minutes one way. Okay, are you, if <laughs> Mems, but people, if you're listening to this, an hour and 40 minutes. Now, that right there is dedication. <laughs> Sharon, any family? Yes, I have a husband of three years, and he is amazing. I got three bonus daughters in the deal, and they're amazing as well. They're 20, 19, and 17, and they're finding their way and doing their thing. The youngest is getting ready to go away to college. The oldest is in college. The middle one is finishing up uh, community college right now and thinking about where she wants to go next. So they're all figuring it out, and we're going to be empty nesters. <laughs> Very soon you will be. <laughs> and welcome, Vicki. Welcome back. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. It's great to have you and happy birthday. I know it was a big birthday for you. The big what? It was a big milestone, 50 years. Yep. So happy birthday. I'm glad to have you on. And this is your second go around, too. Um, Vicki, tell us. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about where are you currently at and um, a little bit about you, just a little bit about you. Yeah, definitely. I am an elementary principal at Monroe Elementary School in Wyandotte, Michigan, and I live in Garzeal, which is not an hour and 40 minute commute, <laughs> a six mile commute, I believe. No, it's a six minute commute. It's not even six miles. I have a six minute commute to work, um, one bridge, one stoplight, and I'm and I'm there. Been 14 years. I am married to Dave um, for 18 years now, and we have three great kids. Mia is in ninth grade, and Matthew and Zachary are my twin boys. They are in sixth grade. So they both started a brand new school, a new place to learn in this COVID, and it's been a little crazy for them. I can definitely see the impact it's had on them. 
Absolutely. Well, ladies, it is great to have you on. You know, real quick side note, my commute to work is uh, less than a half a mile, so I've got you both beat there, (laughs) but we'll see. (laughs) So this is season four. Uh, For those of you tuning in, season four, and in season four, the whole theme is hashtag better together. And the two of you, you have a fairly interesting relationship. So before we jump into how that all came to be, we've got a whole series of questions. And question number one is more about the advice that we give administrators. And that typically is avoiding that isolation island. And so from your two perspectives, and I'll have I'll have Vicky, you can kind of take the lead on this first. Why is it important to avoid that isolation island? So the sure of how schools are, elementary schools especially, they are an island. Um, the isolation part, though, is a choice, and it's important for us to make the choice not to be isolated. The onus, I think, is on us as leaders, as people, as learners to find those connections, to build a network of support through MEMSFA, your professional organization, for sure. But I also think Twitter, there's Facebook groups called Principal Life. Like, it's so important to to find a way not to be isolated. I don't think you can grow or learn or be the best that you can be isolated like that. Mm. Yep, well said. Sharon, what are your thoughts on on avoiding that isolation island? Um, I totally agree with what Vicki just said. And, you know, one of the things that I have learned is that you limit yourself to your own expertise. And not that you don't have enough. However, there are situations where there are things that can be shared by others who have been in your similar situations that can make the difference for you, your school, the students. And so it's really important to keep that networking going and and being able to get those different ideas from from different people who can help you. Exactly. You know, and on a side note, I know myself well enough. I've, I've been here for 11 years now, but I still, there are still times I can feel more isolated than others. My staff knows me well enough now that typically when I get very quiet, I'm isolating myself. And, and that is a weakness. Thankfully, I have so many people on staff that, um, that know that trait of me and they try to pull it out. And I also have some some very good friends, not only in the state, but also throughout the country that do the same for me. What would you say to someone that, you know, sometimes feels like they are on that island? You know, what would be, what would be one piece of advice that you would say, this is, this is a great idea, or I've been here before. What would you say? I think first you got to find out what is that comfortable way that you can, what is the way that you can Reach out when you're feeling isolated. Those are like your lonely times. You don't think ahead. What am I going to do when feeling that way? I think that you can get caught up in that. So I guess my advice is have a plan. When you're feeling, is it best for you to reach out to someone on Twitter and direct message them? Or are you more comfortable making a phone call? Who would be your top three to five people that when I'm feeling down, isolated, who can I trust to go to and say, I need some help. I need someone to talk to. Kind of, kind of like that inner circle. Yes. Yep. Yes. Exactly. Yep. And I know, I know we hear that, um, you know, Brene Brown talks about that when she talks about vulnerability and yep, I completely agree. I think sometimes any, we any, really uh, want to solve it ourselves and we feel like if we're not solving it ourselves, we're not effective. We're not doing the job right. And we just have to be brave enough to 
to reach out and say, I need some help. And I like what you just said there, because it's so easy to simply say, yep, we need to avoid isolation island. But sometimes it just happens. Just hits you like a ton of bricks. Been there, done that. So if you're listening to this, yep, it's easy to, to say to avoid it. But once you get in that spot, hopefully you have that small group that you can lean on in tough times. Question number two, Sharon, we're going to start with you on this one. I'm very curious to hear the story of you two. How did you come to meet each other? Sharon, we'll let you go first on this one. Okay, so I participated in Wayne Reese's Aspiring Administrators Academy. And one of the required components involved shadowing a current principal. So the incomparable, I call her clairvoyant, Cindy Malik, uh, partnered me with Vicki. And she just felt it would be a good fit. I was so nervous about it. I didn't know what to expect. I knew I was in the right place when I first met Vicki. And she just, and upon our introduction, she just gave me this huge hug. And I was like, I'm in the right place. She's amazing. Um, and that was the best icebreaker ever. And the one thing that I've always admired about Vicky is her transparency. And so being able to have that available to me so that I can, you know, I use it as a model, actually. She, she's just amazing. I'm just going all over the place. But yeah, that's how we met through, uh, through our connection. Uh, Cindy made that and I'm so grateful to her to this day for it. So Vicky, that's how you guys met. How often, so how often do you guys chat or connect or see each other, whether it's face-to-face or a phone call or what, what does that look like? So we did a couple of book studies together. Uh, I often will hold like some book studies, patio backyard book studies. So Sharon often joins in on those and that's a lot. Other than that, we don't talk nearly enough. Like I reflect on the isolation island and it's been mostly by me, you know, or she's reached out to me. I do want to add in there, though, Sharon was just so great to connect with as um, in the Aspiring Principals program. What I noticed about her right away or realized her about her right away is she was just so de- desire and aspiration and love of leading, doing right by a school, doing right by education. And when the year, she put her um, resume out there far and wide and determined that she was going to lead at the end of this. And she absolutely did. And she jumped in and she's been an incredible leader, very dedicated to her school. And she, as a new leader, she just jumped in with and was super excited. Mm. You know, I can tell that Cindy, Cindy saw something, which was great, but then the two of you have really connected. And, and I like what you just said. I mean, the you need to connect more, but um, you also know what you guys are both doing and you also know how to reach each other in, in any time. Our commitment in that Aspiring Principals program was a three-month commitment. And one thing that's been very important to me and Sharon is that we have extended it. Like uh, we continue connected and it didn't end with the end of that program. And um, our relationship together remains very collegial instead of mentor-mentee anymore, it's it's that we're colleagues together and holding yeah. on to that relationship has been important to mm. both of us. I like that. You've chosen to continue it, which leads me to this next question. Sharon, I'll have you kind of take the, the lead on this one as well. How important is it to have a mentor? I think it's, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no other way to get through this process 
outside of having a mentor. It's the same as when beginning teachers get started. Um, they need a mentor to just show them the way, someone to to help guide them, especially you know when you get into situations where you're stuck and you just don't know what to do. I cannot tell you how many times I've called Vicky and I'm like, I don't know what to do. This is what's happening. What should I do? And, and the incredible part is, is that even though we're in different places, Vicky has been through a lot of the same situations that I have dealt with in my in my early career right now. And she's able to give me some sage advice that really helps to get me through. So uh, I think having a mentor, it's there's no other way to get through this. Mm, I like that. And here's what I really like about the two of you, that you're sharing the value of a mentorship, but it isn't necessarily in the same district. And so often I feel like... It's almost like we have a mentor that's in the same district and you two are showing that this can go well beyond district borders. Absolutely. Uh, Okay, Vicki. So clearly I need to have you on speed dial for all the problems I'm facing, but, (laughs) but um, tell me, so mentor mentee type of relationship at this point in your career, you would be a veteran in education. So if, if someone is early on in their career or aspiring to be a leader, what is some sage advice you're going to give them about having a mentor? I think having a mentor is critical. Um, I believe it's it's so important for new leaders. And like Sharon's relationship and my relationship has grown and changed to very collegial instead of mentor-mentee, I would say. But I, I feel like an early principal needs a lot of mentoring in, in like the skills of the job and the leadership and what do I do when I'm in this situation, these new things that they haven't experienced, but I don't think the need for a mentor goes away after you become a veteran principal too. I think it's really important that, you know, I'm 14 years into being a principal and I still need mentors. And maybe not the skills of the job or basic leadership skills anymore. But I feel like as you grow, um, there's deeper leadership that you're diving into. You're learning how to be an advocate or how to do some difficult change and lead beyond just your, your little school too. So I feel like at any phase that you are in leadership, having mentors to pull is important and and sometimes it's a very collegial, equal relationship. I think early on it might be more mentor-mentee for new principals, but I, I don't think there's a leader out there who need mentors, regardless of, of how long they've been in that role or that position. Mm. And it's so much about that growth mindset, too. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you two, let's transition. To this. So this is, I'm curious to see where you go with this one. From a leadership perspective, you know, right now I feel like there's this, there's a big push when we when we look at a person, when we look at an individual, even when we look at ourselves, do we focus on a person or an individual's strengths or do we focus on the skills that they don't necessarily have? And, you know, I've kind of gone back and forth. I know myself, if I have a quote unquote weakness, I work really hard to try to fill that gap. But I also know that there's a lot of value in, in really promoting a person's strengths. So along these lines, the question really is for the two of you, and I'm, I'm going to defer to whoever chooses to go first. Do you focus more on a person's strengths or do you try to strengthen some of the things that um, aren't necessarily the strongest? What are your thoughts? I love this question. Um, so Ben 
my take on it is that we basically ignore those weaknesses. I, I don't know. How to, maybe that's not exactly the right way to say it, but I am. I feel like our strengths are so important, and it's where we find our greatness and where we grow into greatness is through our strengths. Like we shine when we are standing in our strengths. I believe that that's where we improve is through our strengths. I believe that's where we find achievement in ourselves and inspire that in our school. That's when we're developing our strengths. And I don't know that by focusing on those weaknesses, if we're going to grow that, that's there. That's my opinion on it anyway. Like, mm-hmm. yep. So a weakness I have is like calendars. I cannot manage a calendar for the life of me. And even if I spent first 30 minutes of the day trying to organize my calendar, I still will accidentally say August instead of April and schedule something for two o'clock instead of three o'clock. And I've got my paper calendar and I've got my electronic calendar and trying to get those to merge with each other. And I got all the things, you know, and I cannot master a calendar for the life of me. And others will help me get to where I need to be at the right time, or I'll figure it out. But I do think we have to focus on our strengths. Mm, I like that. Sharon, what do you think about this, uh, the strengths type of a a mentality, or do you, or do you try to get those weaknesses better? Well, I have a different spin on it a little bit. and, and, And let's see if I can get this out. So I feel like being vulnerable is a weakness typically. However, having that vulnerability show makes you relatable, at least for me and my staff. It, it, it makes it feel like I'm someone who can understand what they're dealing with because I've been in this situation before, or I can, or I can say, I don't know, or let's find out together. And so my vulnerability has helped me to build relationships with the staff. So that's a weakness. However, it's turned into a strength because it helped, it's helped to build relationships for me. So I don't know. I think it just depends on how it's looked at. Sharon, I really like what you just ended with when you said it depends on how it's looked at. I'm going to use, okay, so in some people know that I, I love sports. And from the state of Michigan, because um, he went to the University of Michigan, Tom Brady. Most people know Tom Brady. And here is what most people think is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Hardly anybody ever focuses on the fact that Tom Brady is not fast. He is not a speed demon. He's not going to rush for a lot of touchdowns. Most people focus on his strengths. They don't focus on his weaknesses. And and I just I use that as an example because I feel like you know, Vicky, you said it very well. We all have strengths. Our staff, our teachers all have strengths. Are we going to choose to focus on those strengths or do we focus on the things that our weakness. And I feel like that's a choice in leadership. And along those next set of lines, Sharon, when you talk about vulnerability, I'm right there with you. It's important to be able to be vulnerable enough, authentic and genuine to say, I'm not real great at this and needing some people's help because it does bring you closer to people. So it's an interesting conversation to have. And I don't think we're going to have all the answers, but I know that we have takes on it and opinions. So hopefully as people listen to this, maybe they can further their take on it, especially as it's getting close to the end of the year and we know what that means. Let's go to the next question. Um, 
in this question, pretty much a fairly easy one, but I'm looking for maybe a little bit of um, specifics from the two of you. How important is it as a leader to stay relevant? And when I say relevant, on current topics. And current topics can be education topics, world topics. How important is it to have the have like a current the current pulse? I think it's critical um, because without new knowledge, there's no growth, you know, very simply. And then I always use this is that it's not always necessary to reinvent the wheel, but the wheel can always benefit from improvements. And so that new knowledge or that that um, understanding new topics or, or things that relate to what you're doing is, is imperative in order to move the traje- trajectory um, for uh, the the school that you're serving. Completely agree with the two of you. I learned early on in my career that um, there's an, as a leader, it's important to understand the past, not only of your community, but in education in the world. So an understanding of the past, an awareness of the present, and a foresight on the future. And that uh, that forward vision, being able to kind of predict and see where things are headed, I think is exactly what you're talking about is in that staying relevant. What's coming up? What are the trends? What do I need to look for? Um, I th- think our, our kids deserve us to have that um, forward vision too. So well said, both of you. Um, next question. So we're down to our last couple. And at this one, just real curious, um, what would be a piece of advice that you would give a teacher that is aspiring to be a principal? We talked a lot already about mentors, so I, I want to start with that. I think one of the most important things is to to find a mentor. I think one of the greatest honor you can give to someone else is if there's a leader out there that you admire and you feel like they're doing a good job and you're aspiring to be a principal, let them know that you you like the work that they're doing and how they're leading and ask them if they would be your mentor. I think it's the greatest leader that's doing a good job. And certainly they would be honored to to mentor you. And with that, I think they would love to take you on. Um, I also recommend that you join MEMSPA. There's an aspiring administrator membership there that um, is super, super affordable. So then you can start to get connected to other leaders out there and, and join some region meetings and begin to meet other people, hear about um, what positions are opening and what's out there. I'd also recommend then also volunteering or look opportunities in your school. Find something that needs to be taken care of or developed or led and ask if you could take that on and, and get some practice. Sharon, what, do you, what would you say to a, to a teacher that's aspiring to be a principal? I would say um, basically the same things that Vicki mentioned. Get involved um, by, first of all, letting your current leader know what your desire is. And so giving that person an opportunity to help to build uh, your skill level in that regard, giving you opportunities to lead different things that are going on in the building. And also, I was going to say, MEMSPA has been amazing for me in terms of just being around like-minded people who have such a vast knowledge base. It's just incredible. My favorite part is being a part of the chats on Thursday nights. I, I'm telling you, it's just 
it does something to me. And even if I'm running late, you know, because I get home late a lot of times, you know, my commute is no joke. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm running in the house. I'm like, I got to get on. The chat is starting, you know. So um, the household is used to me, you know, kind of grabbing my computer and going in my little space and, and doing that for an hour on Thursday. So I cannot tell you how much I've learned just doing that. So um, I would say just get involved. MEMSPA is an amazing organization and just getting involved in, in finding opportunities to lead so that they can help to build your knowledge base. Excellent. Okay. So here's the thing. The best thing that the two of you said is you did not say run. So if you had any <laughs> teachers run, no, no, that, and that's exactly it because yep. I mean, we can we can all say, yep, there have been, there's challenges. I think there's challenges. Anytime you have your heart in something, there's always going to be challenges. But the two of you really focusing on, you know, surrounding yourself with someone that can help, um, getting involved in MEMSPA, those are, that is sound advice that I would say to any teacher aspiring to be a principal and to get into leadership. And so that brings us to our final question. Do you have, what are your final thoughts, your final feelings when it comes to MEMSPA um, in a year that we didn't have the opportunity to have the face-to-face -face conference, but Sharon, you brought up hashtag MEMSPA chat on Thursday nights. Ultimately, what would be the last thing, even though that this has been a, a crazy weird year, what's the best thing about MEMSPA? Networking and learning. Vicki? I agree. I want to second what Sharon said about MEMSPA chat, hashtag MEMSPA. It is amazing, a great way to connect every single week with the people of MEMSPA. Um, the people of MEMSPA are excellent and amazing it's a bummer, but um, still being able to connect through chatting and the virtual PD has been wonderful. Um, I think that's important. And I also hope what you said about not running away. Like, don't, if you're run, this is the best job in the world. Go for it. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. There's no better way to end this show than with that right there. Um, so everybody, as we are... Um, kind of hitting that final stretch of the year. Hopefully you tune into this one, listen to Sharon and Vicki and, and get their take. And, and I love the fact that the two of them, mentor, mentee, staying connected, they're, they're I mean, Sharon's got an hour and 40 minute commute. Vicki as a veteran administrator, just, just turning 50 as well. So happy birthday as well. Um, but really the two of you really show the importance of that mentor, mentee relationship. Um, and, you also epitomize hashtag better together. Uh, so thanks, everybody. Uh, appreciate you listening. Feel free, share some comments. And um, if you happen to see Sharon or Vicki, give them a shout out. Thanks again. And best of luck with your final stretch of the year. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MemspaChat Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.